Today's episode of The Thriller Zone with David Temple is sponsored by The Story Factory and the visionary genre-bending debut novel Grand Theft AI by James Cox. The Matrix meets Blade Runner. Grand Theft AI is available now for pre-order from your favorite bookseller. There's always going to be room for good writers, and the, the publishers never stop looking for, uh, for good people. When your book is the best it can be, don't send it to only one person. Send it to a lot of agents, but don't wait until you get a reply. Hello, and welcome to The Thriller Zone. I'm your host, David Temple. And on episode 99, we are this close to 100. On episode 99, I invite my new friend, Simon Gervais, to talk about his latest thriller, The Black Briar Genesis. If you're a Robert Ludlum fan, like myself, you are going to love today's conversation. I'm gonna save all that time and put the juice in the show. Simon, you ready? He's in the green room. Let's get to it. Simon Gervais on The Thriller Zone. Do not be alarmed when you see this happen. (laughs) because i like to get up close and personal to you i see yeah no problem no i'm excited about this actually all right well good ladies and gentlemen it is time to get this party started and guess who it is simon gervais on the thriller zone hello simon hi dave thank you for having me my friend I have not, let's see, last time I saw you, you it was Thriller Fest. We're going to, oh, by the way, quick quick note, we're going to be talking about this gorgeous book, The Blackbriar Genesis. Oh, I'm just going to say strap in, but uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But the la- last time I saw you, it was at Thriller Fest. And uh, two things I want to say. Number one is, and, and this is the best compliment I can pay you probably uh, besides when we start talking about your book, you're one of those guys that you meet and it was the first time we met face to face and you were so kind and so considerate and so patient and so chill and so down to earth. I, I walked away going, I think I was talking with Chris Hottie and I'm like, you know, that guy is just flat out cool. He's just, you know, not pretentious or anything. So I just want to say it was a pleasure to meet you. So there. Well, right back at you, but Chris might be biased. He's a good friend of mine, so that's probably why he said that to you. But uh, honestly, I'm just trying to pay it forward, especially at the ITW, because when I started in this gig in like 2015, everybody was very, very nice to me. Um, And I know how it is sometimes for for people that are maybe at their first time. And I'm not talking about you, but about a lot of other guests. So you always try to be nice with people that want to get in into this business because you, you know, what comes around goes around. So um, people were nice to me. They were always very generous of their time and I'm trying to do the same thing for them. Well, and then I, that's one of the nice things about the ITW and Thriller Fest and, and just this whole community, this thriller community at large is that everyone feels a similar way, Simon. And I find it so refreshing. I came from a world of radio, which is uh, highly competitive and then television, highly competitive, and then acting in films, highly competitive. And it's not always friendly, but you get into this world and everyone's like, yeah, let's all do this together and I'll help you and you help me. And it's all, it's all good. It's just an amazing place to be. 
Right. Um, and I'm not exactly sure why it is like this. I guess you just go with the flow. People are nice to you, you're nice to, to, to the other people as well, but it's a competitive environment as well. Thriller writing um, is a difficult business to get into, and it's difficult to step the top as well. Um, but for some reason, I think a lot of us connect. Um, I'd say maybe one of the reasons we have similar backgrounds. Uh, I have a lot of friends that are, are former law enforcement officers. If you think about, let's say, uh, Don Bentley or Mark Cameron, right. uh, Joshua Hood, uh, we all used to do very similar things in our previous line of work. So I think people like us kind of to like the brotherhood that comes around being part of a, of a unit or the military or law enforcement. And we try to find the same thing uh, with Triller writings. Yeah, and it's so true. Uh, and all those names that you mentioned, uh, I've been able to strike up some friendships either through the show or when we meet at a conference like Thriller Fest. And it's just really cool to be able to hang out with them, have dinner, grab a drink. And uh, so with that in mind, what have you been up to? Now, I'm going to give you a little inside scoop, Simon. I'm a little bit of an Instagram stalker, so I don't want you to be scared. <laughs> but I do spend a little bit of time on the Insta. So I do have a little idea, but for my listeners who don't stalk, I mean, visit, I mean, watch like I do. Tell we us all, what you have to. We all feel bad about it. We, we, all, we all look at stuff. Um, listen, I, um, I've been writing a lot, as I said right now. That's why I, I didn't shave for a few weeks because I'm on a deadline for my next Clayton White book, which is due to my editor on October 15th. So I've barricaded myself uh, at the cottage. Uh, so I've been doing that for a few weeks now. Um, but I've been traveling a lot. It's been a very, very busy summer for us. Um, I like to travel to the places I talk about in my books. So my wife and I and the kids have been to uh, Monaco this summer. We've been to the U.S. Virgin Islands, which will play a major part in The Last Guardian, my next Clayton White book. We've learned how to scuba dive. We are uh, all uh, open water certified now. We did that this summer. And uh, we went to the Bahamas as well. And I think we're we're heading back out again in a, in a, in a couple of weeks to Saint-Vincent Grenadine for the first time in our lives. So we're going to discover that with our kids. Wow. So I've been traveling quite a lot, riding a lot. Um, you know, I've had a great summer. I went to Minneapolis to the uh, BoucherCon. Yeah, uh, where I've had the chance to, uh, you know, to meet again with friends, spend some quality time with uh, my editors. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm keeping myself as busy as I can. Yeah. I uh, Speaking of uh, Instagram and BouchCon, I saw, let's see, there was a trifecta. I had all you cats together. You, It was like uh, Grainy, uh, Bentley. Um, and Kyle. And Kyle. Yeah, you guys were all hanging out. Matter of fact, Chris Hottie and I were talking on the phone. I'm like, uh Looks like those, because neither one of us made it to the to the beacon. And I said, those, those cats are looking like they're having some fun. And we both love the cocktails at the bar. So the the sad news is we didn't make it this year. The good news is next year, it's right here in my backyard. So I hope you're coming. And uh, first round's on me. Oh, you know, accepted. Yeah, we'll definitely be in San Diego. And I, I think it's a nice place. My wife will probably... Uh, fly down as well. Uh, we like California, and actually, I was there with uh, your friend Chris. Yeah, a few months ago, uh, we had a free drinks and we went out for dinner. It was fantastic. I really like this area. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's a little slice of heaven. Now, San Diego proper is about a half hour from us. We're at Encinitas, a little bit north, but we're about one mile from the beach. And I'm telling you, someone asked me the other day, said, don't you miss New York City? And I'm like, let's see, crowds, expense, noise, pollution. No, we live in heaven, one mile from the beach. So we're good. Blue skies all the time. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it is one of the occupational hazards. So, <clears throat> all right. So, so we're now caught up. Um, Baushikan was fun. It looks like you had uh, plenty of. Uh, there, there were great crowds there. I I think so. Um, you know, I went to a few of the uh, of the panels. It was a lot of fun. Um, I'm not sure if they were happy or not with the crowds, and they might have been. I'm just not sure what the expectations were. Yeah. Uh, as I remember in New York last summer for Triller Fest, I think the attendance was a little bit lower. But of course, uh-huh. it was the first one after the pandemic. So maybe people were a little bit icy about uh, about you know traveling again. Yeah. My buddy Eric Bishop said it was uh, was a great turnout. They had a lot of fun. But, you know, everyone spends a lot of time at the bar. All right, so I want to reiterate that uh, the, this show is dropping today, which is the 13th. You've got to get your uh, The Last Guardian. Yeah, The Last is, Guardian. Yeah, uh, is on uh, this coming weekend. Then that comes out next summer, fall, spring? Yeah, I mean. um, on October 2023. So uh, it's usually due a year before it's actually come out. Gotcha. But this bad boy, this bodacious bad boy is coming out in just a number of days. So um, we're going to get back to this. But I do want to say, if you haven't had a chance, go ahead and pre-order it now. What the heck? You know, beat the Christmas rush. All right. Uh, I do have this question because I love watching, uh, again, uh, not to beat the point, but I love watching what my uh, mutual writing friends are doing. And you, besides traveling, and writing. What what do you find yourself doing, Simon, just for folks to get to know you? Right. Well, this is this is my ski cottage here. So we are in Montreblanc, um, very close to uh, Montreal. I would say about an hour and a half from Montreal. It's an hour and a half from our home in uh, Ottawa. And uh, my kids, my wife and I have been into skiing for, uh, for quite a while. So um, that's what we do usually during the weekend from November until April. Uh, with ski, my my daughter is a ski instructor now. She's been racing for about six, seven years, and now she's a coach. My son is doing the same. I think he's, he's doing his last year of racing this this year, and he's going to become a coach hopefully uh, next year. So this is what we do usually during the weekend, and it's it's a fantastic place to be during the winter, but it's also great during the summer. Uh, I'm doing mountain biking with my son. Uh, my daughter has some friend here, so she can go hiking. Surprisingly, uh, Montreal is as popular during summer as it is during uh, winter time, with so many activities. Wow. And the fall season is just incredible here. When the leaves are turning, it's fantastic. Yeah, again, another photograph I saw uh, it made me really miss my hometown roots, which is the Carolina and the Blue Ridge Parkways. When I saw those colors, I'm like, oh, you don't get that out here in California because it's always kind of one thing. Exactly. But but yeah, beautiful. And by the way, just a side note, if uh, if you're a novice skier like myself, what's the very best thing that you could, since you're a, nearly a professional at it, could I could do to practice to get better uh, training wise, because you're in fantastic shape. When I saw you in Thriller Fest, I'm like, all right, now here's a cat who is in shape, and which I think is really admirable. Because when you're spending so much time, you know, hunched over a, a keyboard, you gotta you gotta keep yourself fit. So, 
What, what's a great little exercise we could uh, be practicing as we come up on the winter months? I think my daughter would be best positioned to answer these type of questions. But personally, what I do, I, I you would do a lot of stretching and work your legs a lot. You go to the gym and work the legs a little bit because this are these are the muscle that you'll find very painful after your first weekend of skiing of the season. Uh, your back as well. There's not much need for your arms, but having core strength is important in skiing because you need to be able to keep your balance at all time. But being able to stretch your leg and your back and get a little bit more muscle into them, it's definitely going to be something that's going to, you know, uh, it's going to play in your favor. I just remembered something. I used to work with a guy at a radio show and I would walk in the studio and it was coming up on ski season and he would be leaning against the wall like he's sitting in a chair, but against the wall. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He goes, I'm, I'm, I'm exercising my quads because you get your quads in shape if you're going to go skiing. So good point. Good point. Exactly what you need to do. All right. One last <laughs> Insta moment. And this is this is just funny, Simon, and I feel perfectly comfortable kidding with you because you're you're a rock solid dude. I found one thing that cracked me up. I'm looking at this photograph of this ginormous burger with cheese and fries, and alongside it is a Coors Light. Yeah. It was my American moment. I was in the United States. Usually I'm a microbrasserie type of guy. I like IPAs. I like things that come from small places that don't brew a lot of things. But in the U.S. Virgin Islands, it was really hard to get other beers. There was one micro that I found the day after I took that picture. And I, I you know, it was really, really good. Yeah. Um, at the time, at the bar, at that beach bar, they were very limited in what they had. So I had a course like, and surprisingly, it wasn't bad. With the burger, it was it was perfect. And it was, we just finished um, the first four dive of our uh, open water certification. We, yeah. I would drink probably anything. It yeah. was it was really, I was looking, I'm, you know, I'm not ashamed of having drank a Coors Light. I'm yeah, okay. Yeah. No, it's like people who get, uh, you know, uh, chili cheese fries and then a Diet Coke. I'm like, why don't you just go all in? But anyway, oh, oh, speaking of which, when you're here in San Diego for BashCon in 23, this is the home, the capital, one of two, this in Colorado, but like the home of craft beers. And if you're into IPAs, double IPAs, and hazies, forget about it. This is the place. Oh, thanks for the tip. I'll make yeah. sure to write them out. All right. Now I do have a, a shiny moment as I was preparing for your show. I spend a fair amount of time preparing for shows besides reading delicious books. And it comes from, I, I was uh, scouting your Amazon account as well as your website and saw that the last protector has nearly just shy of 17,000 reviews. Now, that is awesome in itself. However, we're just a few weeks away from it being one year ago. So how in the wide world of Thomas and Mercer did you manage that? I'm not sure. It did really well. <laughs> you know, I can't complain. It's, uh, it's nice. Actually, my publisher sent me that last week, which is like a plate to celebrate, like a metallic plate that, uh, you know, to celebrate how, how well it's doing. Um, I think what helped me a lot is that my previous series, the Pierce on series, like the book that I did, Hunt Them Down, Train to Hunt, and Time to Hunt, did really well as well. And when the last protector came out, I, I just assumed that 
they all got an email saying, hey, Simon has a new book out and the cover is fantastic. Honestly, yeah. the cover of The Last Protector is, is great. And um, compared to my previous series, I think one of the things that did really well with The Last Protector is very appealing to women as well. Um, you know, it's an action thriller. Uh, if you haven't read it, it's, a, it's an action thriller. It, it follows the life of a Secret Service agent that used to be uh, Air Force uh, combat rescue officer. Um, but there's, I won't say there's romance, but he's involved with a woman that's actually the daughter of the vice president. And there are some really cool action scenes with her. I mean, she's is badass too. And I think a lot of women love that. You know, they feel empowered by it by somebody that doesn't get shit. You know, she pushes back. Yeah. Um, so I think it was my most successful book to date. I'm not exactly sure how many copies were downloaded, but I know that when you look at Amazon reviews, about five to six five percent leave reviews. So if you do that by times, I don't know, 20, that's going to be about probably the amount of copies uh, we've got downloaded with this one. Is that an official stat, 5%? Not at all. It's an estimate. I mean, oh. some people could be a little bit higher, some a little bit lower, but I, I think that would be a fair assessment to say that about 5% of people leave a rating or a review. Wow. So yeah, let's do the math rule. Let's be conservative and call it 3%. And uh, that's a lot of books, dude. It is. It is a lot of books. And uh, that's that's the first book. Actually, this book was just picked up by um, two great agents in Hollywood um, are with the APA. Um, so I know they're starting this week to shop it around to producers and studios. And what they told me they liked about it, same thing I just told you, is that there's a very strong female protagonist in that book that I didn't necessarily have in my uh, previous series. I like that, Simon. I did. I dig powerful women. I mean, I just think you know we need more of that. And and th the days of having the woman be the second fiddle, I think, are just tired and gone. So kudos to you, buddy. Yeah, you know, I'm writing what I know. I'm married to one of them. Yeah. Uh, so honestly, I'm it's easy for me to write about them because I, I live with one and yeah. it inspire me to get these type of words in these books. Yeah. Uh, I'm luckily, fortunately, my uh, best decision I ever made uh, much later in life was uh, choosing someone who is brilliant, beautiful, adventurous, and also a badass babe. <laughs> she would appreciate my saying that. So, but yeah, good, good for us. Good, good for us. Right, Simon? <laughs> we, we married up. Yeah, definitely. And by the way, um, and this could be a good clue for my writer friends, I noticed hashtag terrorism thrillers. You're in the top, in less than the top 10 of uh, that category uh, with The Last Protector. So that's another good key. This is something I've learned recently that keywords and uh, such are really, really key. Yeah. Yeah, I think even I haven't looked today, but, uh, you know, the rankings were really well on Amazon for The Last Sentinel and The Last Protector. And I think we, The Last Sentinel got approximately 6,500 pre-order before it came out. Uh, it was it was really, really cool. And I know that The Last Guardian, that it's not even done yet. I'm You know, it's going to be done in a few days. Still, already is doing pretty well on Amazon on pre-orders. So I, I, I can't complain about any of that. I mean, Thomas and Mercer have been really good with me 
Um, I love working with them. They're a great group of people. They're ultra supportive of me. I'm very grateful for everything they're doing for me and for my books. Yeah, man. Well, good for you. Well, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to do a little deep dive on the Black Briar Genesis, Simon Gervais' latest thriller. It's Robert Ludlum's story. So that's all I really got to say. So don't go anywhere. This is the Thriller Zone. We'll be right back. Your host, David Temple here. Hey, before we get back to the show, I thought I would throw in this one quick note. I have had authors approach me who want to actually advertise on the show. And I'm like, that's cool. I love that idea. I mean, think about it. We feature the best thriller writers in the world. You're one of the new up-and-coming thriller writers in the world to be. And you have a book coming out. Our rates are super reasonable. We're easy to work with, as you know, and we all want to work together to make success for all of us. Just reach out to us here at The Thriller Zone at thethrillerzone at gmail.com. Let's talk rates. Let's talk details. Let's do something together in the new year. I think you'll like it. Now, back to the show. And now back to the show. And welcome back to the Thriller Zone. I'm your host, David Temple. As you can see, this handsome gentleman is Simon Gervais, the author of the Robert Ludlum book, The Blackbriar Genesis. And by the way, thank you for coming and welcome, Simon. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's always a blast to uh, talk about books. And here's a really cool fact I, I have not mentioned in the show yet. You are episode number 99. So next week, Andrew Child joins us for episode 100. That's awesome. Great choice for number 100. I'm sure there's a ton of research behind every of your guests. Well, and you know, the cool thing is you got the front row seat to the best thriller writers in the world. I get to hang out with guys like you and we get to talk about books like this. I'm going to come up. I don't do reviews for books because it's kind of a conflict of interest, so to speak, if I dig too deep on a book, but I will give it a two word review. Holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. I like that. I mean, Simon, seriously, let me just do this real quick. I don't give away stuff. I don't talk about too deep, but you start out sentence one. I'm not going to read it. And you get going, I'm like, okay, that looks good. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Okay. Oh, ho, oh, ho, ho. Yeah. Your palms are sweating before the end of the first chapter. And that's a great testament to the fact that I want to say Jack Carr, Don Bentley, and all those other action-packed stars had better be on notice. They got to watch out because you are pulling up the rear and kicking their ass. Well, thanks. I'm glad you you enjoyed it. And I think it's important for a trailer to really, especially the first in a series where you need to establish your bases, that people are grabbed, you know, that the story pulls them in from the first page. I think you need to do that. Uh, there are so many books coming out every year. I think it's north of 1 million. So if you want to be successful, If you want the book to be successful, you need to grab people's attention right away, especially in a generation that likes to be on on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook that you can just scroll down very fast. Um, You know, you want people to say, oh, my God, okay, that that first page is pretty good. Let's keep reading. And people that are going to browse them in bookstore, you know, that's what they're going to do. They're going to open it and you want them to be, oh, okay, I'm going to buy this book. Yeah. 
And what's interesting, you clock in it just at 400 pages, which is a pretty hefty sized book for people who, you know, people who are keeping count. Um, you know, uh, so at 400 pages, you're telling a jam-packed story. It's it's lots of action. And I, I have to ask this question because if I don't, I'll be an idiot. Um, if I were approached by the Ludlam estate and they said, hey, which isn't going to happen today. Hey, David, uh, we'd love for you to, you know, pick up the torch and carry it on for us. Uh, I would uh, have to pick myself up the floor. Can you tell me that first moment when they came to you and said, hey, we'd love for you to play ball on our field? It was different, I think, than, than most people. Um, because the, the way this whole thing happened is uh, I was writing, you know, I'm, I can write two books a year. And uh, my publisher, Thomas and Mercer, made it clear that they could only publish one of my book every year, uh, you know, for the type of customers that they have and everything. So I sent an email to Tom Colgan um, telling him, you know, and I know you have everybody in your stables. Like all my friends are writing the Tom Clancy's, uh, Robert Ludlum. Uh, you know, Brian is writing the Jason Bourne. Josh is writing the Treadstone. Yeah. You know, I know you're busy. If something comes up, keep me in mind. Because, you know, I have six months that I could do something. And within an hour, he replied and said, oh, my God, Simon, I cannot believe you just sent me this email. Um, I, I got something that fall on my lap yesterday. And I'm not kidding. It fall on yesterday. And I was thinking about you to do this. But I cannot tell you more. So he said, you know, let me work a few things out and uh, I'll, I'll talk to you. So I was excited about this. But I didn't know, I didn't know what, it, what it was at all. Um, so of course I asked my friend, I have people around, but nobody really knew what was going on. So it took a few months before I contacted me or my agent. I don't remember which one, but I said, you know, I can finally talk and it's, it's a Robert Ludlum. Uh, they love your stuff and they'd like you to continue the series. So I'm like, Oh, that's fantastic. You know, that's really, really great. And the good thing about, uh, Black Briar is that I was able to create a brand new, uh, series within the Jason Bourne universe, but without having to follow anything that happened before. You know, I didn't need to go back and read the 15 books, even though I'm reading all of Brian's stuff and just stuff, Joshua's stuff. Yeah. I didn't have to go back and understand uh, the rest that Eric wrote before. I was able to get started and create my own little universe within the Jason Bourne universe. So it was fantastic. That I was just going to say, that's fantastic. So, so Brian Freeman and Joshua Hood both writing in that uh, world. So, how cool to be able to say carte blanche, just go for it, create your own world. That's amazing. Yeah, I can't lie about it. It's an amazing feeling. It's a blessing. Uh, it's a real honor as well to write, you know, for the estate that was, I believe, one of the biggest literary icon in you know in American thriller writing it's fantastic I've read I've read all of Robert Ludlum's book I love them uh, and I've been telling that story many times but my mom introduced me to Robert Ludlum when I was a young teenager we were driving to Florida in our minivan and uh, you know Robert Ludlum kept me company for those three days that it took to drive from Montreal to uh, Miami. Um, so, you know, for me now to, to be um, associated with that estate and seeing my name and my book on the first page of the official Robert Ludlum website, 
is a great honor and it's fantastic. It's a good feeling. Um, you know, and I, I'm the thing is I'm enjoying writing these types of stories yeah. uh, and writing in the Jason Bourne world. Just being able to use that name brings me a lot of joy. Uh, brings you a lot of joy and a lot of attention. I mean, you know, let's let's think about this. So you got Ludlum, you got Webb Griffin, who would who else? Uh, Tom Clancy. I mean, those are the three biggies in the in the universe. So that's heady to be in that company, isn't it? It is, uh, and I'm very fortunate to have people that have done it before I did. Uh, you know, I'm good friend with Mark and with Don and with Mark Cameron as well, like Mike Rainey and Mark Cameron. And I'm, I'm talking to them quite often and they were really good at, you know, telling me, you know, that, you know don't sweat it. It's going to come. Like if, if they want you, it's because there's a reason uh, that they want you to, to work for them. And uh, same thing uh, with my friend that wrote the Web Griffin series, like Rogue Asset. Uh, Brian Andrew and Jeff Wilson, they're good friends too. And they're, they're fantastic authors. So busy. Like, I don't know how they do it. Yeah. Like, we have three or four series going on and I'm a big fan of their tier one series. I think, you know, this is probably the best military thriller series on the market right now. Um, so, you know, they, they all said, you know, it, it's doable. Just, you know, do what you're used to do. It's just that you're writing it under uh, Robert Ludlum's brand. Yeah. Speaking of Andrews Wilson, uh, it feels like it's not true, but it feels like half of my library, which you can't see all of it, is Andrews Wilson books because they've got uh, three, four series going at a time. I can't even keep up with them. And we communicate regularly and they're getting things optioned for TV and film. And I'm just like, wow, you guys are living the dream. Yeah. Yeah, they work really hard as well. You know, we kind of started at the same time in 2014 or 2015, and it's just been so much fun seeing their career took off like it did. You know, there are probably going to be listeners who may travel down the negative path and go, oh, they, these cats started at 2014, 12, 13, 14, 15. It's 2022. The market is saturated. I'll never make it. But I'm like... The you guys who started out in, in 2012, 13, 14 had probably had a similar idea. And you just said, put your head down and said, this is what I want to do. This is my calling. This is my passion. And you went for it. And here it is 22. There's going to be guys coming along in 25 and 27 and 30 going, oh, man, you know, glad yeah. I got in then. Right. I mean, it's already happening. Uh, you know, Taylor Moore is like next up-and-coming writer he's a fantastic writer you have connor o'sullivan who's being published by emily bessler his book are exceptional wolf trap i think is coming out next year i mean there's already people are getting in all the time all the time i mean the last few years have been exceptional for for writers um you know it's it's a war of attrition though i'm not gonna lie about it uh i remember going to groups in 2012 my first time at this i was i went to a writers conference in san francisco and I, we, we kept touch you know like there was maybe 12 of us at the time and we kept touch for a number of years and i'm i'm the only one still standing uh just because it, it it's it's hard to to get in um and i, I don't think that's going to change and i think there's a reason why it's hard to get in uh it's like it's like anything that's worth doing it doesn't come easy you know there's always a selection process 
Um, so it is what it is. But if you're, you know, if you push yourself and that's all you can ask of, you know, it, it's hard for me to explain, but uh, there's always going to be room for good writers and the, the publishers never stop looking for, uh, for good people. And I just gave you two names that are exceptionally talented and they were able to make it in the last few years. And this is the perfect place to insert this question as we, right before we get into our fun and games is what is your best piece of writing advice? And you kind of hinted on it just there, but if you, if, you know, if you're talking to a listener or who, who wants a, a viewer who wants to, you know, make this a career choice, what would that best advice be? Well, there's a few things that I'm going to say about this. First of all, I think a good writer needs to read a lot. You need to read in the genre that, that you want to write about. Second thing, um, when your book is the best it can be, don't send it to only one person. Send it to a lot of agents. Make sure that you, of course, research each agent, but don't wait until you get a reply. You know, it doesn't work like that. Send it to no. 15 people because it's going to take a while for them to reply. Um, the other thing I could suggest is attend writers' conference. You know, go meet with people that are at the same stage that you are. Um, like we talk about Don Bentley, for example. Him and I started about the same time and we became friends in 2015. And we kind of, our career grew together during that time. And for the people that are starting out, I would suggest to do the same thing. You know, encourage yourself because it's fun. Writing is a business that everybody works at home. Right, you cannot discuss business all the time. But when you go to those conferences, it's important to be able to talk about numbers, talk about the relationship that you have with your agent, with your publisher. You know, speak the truth a little bit with with your friends that you can that you can trust, and it, it's going to give you confidence in the in the whole process. That's really solid advice, and <clears throat> I hear a similar thing from a lot of writers. And it, it's it's funny. Uh, I don't know who I was speaking to, and they said, you know, if you're not reading. I think it was Andrew Child, maybe. If you're not reading a lot, then you really shouldn't be writing a lot because it it really does take saturating your mind with the similar genre so that you can almost subconsciously infiltrate that world. You're not copying, but you're getting insight and influence and inspiration from it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I do the same with TV shows as well. I'm going to watch a lot of TV shows because it, it gives you idea. Like, you, you know, it, it just the dialogue, it helps, especially for somebody like me that, that's a French Canadian. Like we speak French all the time. The only thing I'm going to speak English is when I, I speak with, I do interviews or I, I go to writer's conference. So for me, it's good to listen to television in English and write books that are in English. It helps me out. Yeah. Well, I would love to impress you with my French, but that was uh, ninth grade, and it's uh, quite rusty. So I don't think I would be impressing you even well, un petit peu. No, but well, still, there we go. And maybe when we'll see each other in person, you can try again. <laughs> yeah, let's not embarrass myself in front of all my fans. All right. Well, if you know the show, then you know what that sound means, which is rapid-fire questions. And it's just a fun little uh, part of the show that... I like to throw at some people and it's, you know, kicks and giggles. So here's the thing. You and your pals are uh, skiing the Swiss Alps. Now that I know that you're uh, skiing, it really, this is the perfect fit for you. Right. Now, something the wife and I actually were just talking about recently, going to the Swiss Alps. She she rode the bike uh, right there at the um, 
Oh, what's the uh, Tour de France? She was training for it, and uh, so she's. We were talking about that. She goes, "You have to see the Alps," and I'm like, "Well, let's go." Anyway, so yet I digress. You and your pals are skiing the Swiss Alps when suddenly you're separated from your buddies in a blinding snowstorm. <gasps> what are the two things you're glad that you packed? Oh, somebody asked me that question. What? It's not original? What? No, I don't remember. I think it was the crew reviews or something oh. like that. I don't remember your competitors. I don't know. Um, so what? Did, but it was not exactly that question. But it Okay, was, otherwise I was going to have to cut it out. Similar. The, uh, <laughs> and you know, I probably struggle with that again. Um, I have no idea what I would pack usually for, uh, I've, I've never had the chance to ski in the Alps, unfortunately, something that I probably might do in March, coming March, but um, I don't know what I would pack, something like this. I guess if you ski outside the trails, you would need all the equipment that, you know, that's kind of, not the parachute, but somebody that's going to give you breathing room when, you know, the avalanche is over you. I don't know what I would pack. What would you pack? I would pack plenty of uh, uh, energy bars and uh, an ice pick. That's the first thing that popped in my head, but I hadn't really planned on it. But, you know, and a cappuccino maker, because I got to have really great cappuccino (laughs) while I'm skiing. It's just, it's anyway, we'll move on to number two. This is much less treacherous, and I think it'll be very easy for you. So you and your wife now are vacationing on the opposite end of the spectrum on an exotic tropical island, which I know you really enjoy. Mm-hmm. You brought three things with you to enjoy for your extended stay. Super easy. They are one book, one CD. Just roll with me on the CD in case you don't know what a CD is. And one drink. So one book, one CD, one drink. What are they and why? Um, I would bring the book would be probably The Born Identity by Robert Ludlum, just because if I'm only allowed to have one more book in my life, it would probably be this one, because this is the book that introduced me to uh, thriller writing, but also that really made me fall in love with with, with reading. Yeah. Um, The drink would probably be be a glass of Don Perignon. Because I really love champagne and Dom Perignon is my favorite. So that would be that. And what was the other thing you... Uh, you a CD, to? music. So it, it can be a genre or a single favorite CD. You're old enough to remember CDs, right? Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I think I would bring uh, the best compilation of Anne Zimmer. Because this is the music <sighs> I listen to uh, when, I, uh, when I write. It's very inspirational and, you know, it makes me feel really good. So, uh, yeah, Anne Zimmer. Dude, I am so with you. Um, Born Identity is probably a movie that I can watch a hundred times and never tire. Hans Zimmer, I listen to on continuous loop and he's done so many soundtracks and I'm with you. It just, it just fills you with the impetus to create those action scenes. And Dom Perignon, I don't think I've ever had any, but I'd certainly be open to that. (laughs) (laughs) And number three, you and I are co-hosting the Thriller Zone together overlooking the cliffs of the Torrey Pines Golf Course in La Jolla, which is just minutes from my house. 
It's gorgeous. You'd love it. They have Dom Pignon. It's uh, very nice. Very, uh, very nice. Now, I've asked you to invite two people to join us on the show. It's just the four of us. Thriller Zone. It can be anything that's thrilling. It doesn't have to be thriller, books. You know, just we're just going to sit down and have a great conversation. Four of us. They can be living or past. So you are going to bring two folks. Who would they be and why? I think I'd like to invite Ian Fleming. Uh, I'd like to have his take on, uh, you know, I think he's a very nice chat. So, you know, I'd like to uh, to talk to him. I've never had the chance. And I'd like to get Webb Griffin as well, because he was the author I used to um, read when I was in the military. And he kept me company in the trenches. So I would say these two guys are the people I'd like to talk to with you. Oh, my God. We are tracking on the same wavelength. Ian Fleming would be one of mine because to sit down and talk to the guy who created the nearly the single. Most iconic. Yeah, most iconic ever. I mean, who doesn't love James Bond? To have sat down and created that character. Um, I was just watching a documentary recently on the music of uh, the Bond franchise and how the music has evolved over the years. And it's just fascinating. I can't remember the channel, but just Google documentary on Bond music. It's brilliant, but good, good, good answers. Awesome. I'm glad you agree. All right, folks, if you'd like to learn more about my good friend, Simon Gervais, and of course, pick up your pre-order copy of the Blackbriar Genesis, go to Simon's very handsome authorbytes.com website, which happens to be simongervaisbooks.com. By the way, Simon, did you know that you and I share the same web designer? I think, I, I didn't know that, but I know that a lot of people have, uh, how's it called, like, Bytes story? No, not Authorbytes.com, authorbytes, yeah. Exactly. No, they're very good. They're very responsive. Uh, you know, I couldn't be happier with what they're doing for me. Yeah, I mean, Grainy, uh, Bentley, Cameron. I mean, you know, a couple of cats you might have heard of that that went with authorbytes.com. So, so uh, here's the funny thing is if I can turn this into a commercial, they happen to be a sponsor of my show. So uh, it just happened that way. How coincidental. And um, they like authors, which is why they created a company called authorbytes.com. So if you use the code, the thriller zone, they're going to give you three months free with a one-year contract. Fantastic. It's a good deal. Yeah. So, folks, uh, once again, simongervaisbooks.com. And uh, besides a handsome, handsome website, uh, he's a handsome dude and just a handsome character. And I got to tell you something. This was spectacular. I knew when we bumped into each other at Thriller Fest and you gave me a copy of one of your books, I said, you know what? We're going to have fun. And you did not disappoint. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. And I'm really looking forward to seeing you hopefully in New York, if not in San Diego. Yes. All right. Well, folks, you know what to do, where to go. And uh, once again, Simon, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Absolutely. I think it was honestly, it was really fun. I really enjoy uh, speaking with you. So uh, thanks for thinking about me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Simon. Okay. Take care, Dave. Nobody likes a guy that says, I told you so, But in this case, I think it works. I told you so, right? I told you it's going to be fun. Simon Gervais, The Blackbriar Genesis, Robert Ludlum. Check out the the cover is tight. 
all kinds of little yummy things in there. And I'm telling you, like I said in the show, it grabs you by the neck out of the gate and does not let go. You got to know by now that I am excited about who's coming up next week. Not only is it our 100th episode, but this guy I hold in such high regard. His brother is a legend, and uh, he's about to become a legend if he isn't already. His brother, Lee Child, he is Andrew Child. The book written together is No Plan B. Yeah? Sometimes you gotta not have a plan B in life. You just gotta go with your plan A and rock it. So please, join me next week when Andrew Child is my guest. How cool would it be if we got Lee to just call in and say, hey Dave, what's up? (laughs) Like you would do that, right? A guy can dream, right? Episode... 100 Andrew Chong. So until then, I got some reading to do. I'm your host, David Temple. I'll see you next time for another edition of The Thriller Zone. The Thriller Zone has been presented by The Story Factory and the visionary genre-bending debut novel Grand Theft AI by James Cox. The Matrix meets Blade Runner. Grand Theft AI is available now for pre-order from your favorite bookseller.